Welcome to the Secrets of High Demand Coaches podcast, where I interview some of the best coaches in the business to find their secrets and share them with the world. I'm Scott Ritzheimer, founder and CEO of Scale Architects, and we help founders and leaders find the right coach at the right time so they can achieve the predictable success they deserve. And a huge part of that is helping great coaches do great work that creates enormous demand for their services with way less effort. If you're a high demand coach, I'd absolutely love to share your story and expertise as well. So stick around to the end of the show and we'll reveal how you can be our next guest in 15 to 20 minutes. Let's go. Welcome once again to the latest and greatest episodes of the Secrets of the High Demand Coach. And I'm here with yet another high demand coach, and that is the the wonderful and lovely Miss Jennifer Drago. And uh, for over 30 years, Jennifer has served as a corporate strategist and award-winning planner. She's helped organizations implement a laser-focused vision and strategy to guide their operations and their growth. Today, she serves busy, overwhelmed entrepreneurs and leaders as a business strategist and coach, teaching them the strategic success principles to apply in their own businesses to increase their profits, work fewer hours, and amplify their impact. Uh, Absolutely fascinating. I'm so excited to unpack that. But before we jump straight into uh, the good stuff here, Jen, uh, welcome to the show. Uh, I'd love for you to just share a little bit with us uh, about your story. How'd you get into coaching and why? You bet. Well, you mentioned I was in corporate for 30 years and um, working at an executive level for most of those years in healthcare and senior living organizations, which were predominantly nonprofits. And so um, I really love having an impact. Um, and for all those years, it was mainly helping the organization have an impact in the community. But of course, as a leader, I was coaching and mentoring others to grow in their positions. And that was something that I really enjoyed. So when I left corporate, which was about 15 months ago, I made two decisions. First is that I wanted to serve folks who were really um, starting their own small business. So entrepreneurs, solopreneurs, small business leaders, whatever they would consider themselves. And I wanted to teach them the principles that I used in bigger organizations for success. And a lot of those revolve around strategy and visioning and goal setting and things that aren't always sexy, but, but definitely, um, have an impact. And I wanted to, you know, help them get further faster was really my goal. And the second thing was, I really wanted to help those business leaders step into their CEO role and, Mm -hmm. and really understand what that meant. Because many business leaders, I think come from the creative side. And even if they didn't come from the creative side, they have an expertise that they want to share they may not have had business education. They may not have, you know, um, seen um, the types of things that we tend to learn in business school or graduate school and in corporate settings. So um, I just wanted to be able to share that. And so those are the two things that I've been working on for the past 15 months. That's fantastic. Uh, Now, one of the things um, 
that you mentioned there is, you know, moving to being a CEO, right? And I think what a lot of entrepreneurs do, because there's a time and a place for it, but they tend to think that the work they do is the work that the business does, mm-hmm. right? But fundamentally, the work of a, of a founder, of a CEO is to build the business that can do the work. Right. And so what do you find are some of the distinctions or maybe even some of the mindset you know, changes that need to happen for someone to move from that entrepreneur, roll up my sleeves, get the work done to being the competent CEO that their organization needs? Yeah. Oh, I'm so glad you asked that because it is really a shift, right? And I think in the early days of our business, we are doing all the things and we're wearing all the hats and we're trying to figure out you know, strategically, okay, how do I bring revenue in? What are my offers? How am I going to serve people? And um, for many people, um, you know, staying in that realm, they're kind of trading time for dollars, right? And and what you need to do as a CEO, if you really want your business to grow. Now, if you just want to be a true service provider, you know, I have, I do this for an hour and I get paid this fee, that's fine. You know, and you don't ever want to grow. That's one thing. But if you do see this business growing, if you want to scale the impact that you want to have, there's a couple things that you need to that need to happen. One is that you need to have a pretty clear vision of where you want to take the organization at least over the short term, the next 3 years because then you can set your goals to start putting the foundational things in place to allow that to happen. So for example, you might need to automate some of your processes. You might need at some point when you get to a certain revenue figure, um, hire a virtual assistant part-time that can help you do some of those tasks that that, um, you shouldn't take your high value time for, and you can pay somebody less expensively to do that time to do that kind of work. Um, another thing that, you know, folks need to really think about is to grow. We generally need to spend time on the strategic work of the business. And that means not serving clients, but growing the clients. So in order to grow clients, maybe I need to create a digital course because in addition to my one-on-one time, I want to be able to, you know, scale a digital asset that ultimately will be more passive. Well, it's going to take time. I have to organize my content and write it and video it and market it. Um, If we're trying to grow our leads, you know, we need time to be prospecting. And so one of the things that I love to introduce to our uh, two entrepreneurs is the idea of a CEO day, Mm. um, which is a day and I have one of these, I do it on Mondays, but it's a day when I update all my dashboards. So I know, you know, where I'm trending in terms of my followers, my prospects, my revenue, my clients, you know, all the important metrics to my business. Um, I am spending time uh, engaging with people um, with potential podcasting opportunities and speaking opportunities so that I can grow my authority. I'm talking and sending messages out to prospective clients who, you know, maybe I've talked to in the past, but they, you know, just need another touch point. I think Mm -hmm. somebody said recently that it can take up to 30 touch points uh, for a client. It used to be they needed to hear your message seven times, (laughs) but in today's information overload society, it might be up to 30 times. So, so those kinds of activities um, one will grow your business. If you don't take the time out to do them, um, they won't grow your business. And if you're always engaged in serving your clients and in the operations, you can't, um, take the time to think strategically and act strategically. So for me, that CEO day is all about 
strategically doing those activities that grow your business. Wow. Well, uh, that's uh, awesome. Awesome idea. I love the CEO day is great. What would you say is the big difference? So if we were to take, you know, um, you know, Joe entrepreneur, if you will, and say, you know, what does their life look like now? What does their life look like after, you know, rocking it out on the CEO day for a few months? Like what are the big kind of differences that you see between those two leaders and and their lifestyles? Well, hopefully when, when we, engage, you know, when we start our business, like I said, we're doing all the things we're trying to figure out what works. We're probably working well more than we want to. And as we get more strategic about growing the business, we'll probably see some of that growth, which in the short term could be, um, add additional discomfort because it's more time that the, mm -hmm. you know, solopreneur needs to work. But what that additional revenue will allow you to do is leverage um, contractors and employees, bringing people onto your team so that you can delegate again, some of those lower value tasks right. and be able to really focus in your area of genius. So over time, what happens, and I think it's this curve where you're like working, 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 and then it starts to get easy because you're mm -hmm. putting in that strategic time and you have a team to help. And so over time, what I think happens is that we end up working fewer hours and the work is more meaningful to us and, and feels more impactful, maybe hopefully more enjoyable because we're in our zone of genius. Right. Why do, uh, why do you think folks struggle to make that leap? Right. Uh, why is it that it's so hard to to move to make that transition we've been talking about from the kind of entrepreneur to CEO? Um. Well, one, I think some some folks don't um, have that realization, perhaps that there's a difference, right? So there has to be an awareness of, you know, this is how I'm operating now. This is how I want to operate going forward. Um, the second is we know in the short term, as I just described, it might actually result in a little bit more work um, and trying to and having to prioritize different parts of your week to do that different work. Um, the third thing I think is that I, I'm really excited to talk to you about from a coaching perspective is there's mindset um, challenges that can sneak in, right? So as we're starting our own business, we might experience fear, fear of failure, um, a lack of self-confidence. We might feel imposter syndrome from time to time. And one of the things that um, I love to work with entrepreneurs, especially on a one-on-one -on -one basis, is whatever challenge that they're coming um, a, upon in a given day or week, um, there, you know, that we have to do the inner work while we're doing the outer work for our business. Mm -hmm. And the inner work is figuring out what to do with these, um, fears and, and doubts that can creep in. And, um, I have some great strategies to work on that because I do think that they're present, uh, for most of us, at least once in a given week, if not on a daily basis. I think that's so important for folks to hear because when, if you're sitting there in the entrepreneur seat and feeling that way, right? Imposter syndrome, uh, one step away from failure, waiting for the other shoe to drop, right? It feels like you're the only one who feels that way. Mm -hmm. You know, and and oftentimes there's not a whole lot of, of folks that you can share it with. Can't really share it with your spouse because they're already scared, you know, like uh, of the entrepreneurial journey. Can't share it with the employees that are helping you out, right? It's just can't share it with your friends because they don't understand it because they're like, well, why'd you do it in the first place? You know, it's like you, you brought it on yourself. And yeah. so it's like, you know, most of us just end up kind of collapsing into ourselves because there's not an outlet for that. And that's why it's so important having someone like you who can come along 
along and just say, hey, that's normal, right? Let's, mm-hmm. let's talk about that, right? And get it out into the open. Uh, I think that's so important. And I think the biggest thing, and you said this, like everyone struggles with it. It's not like uh, I've had some folks who say like uh, there were female entrepreneurs, like I thought that was a female thing. It's no, it's not. You know, it shows up differently for different folks. Right. They may have different Mm -hmm. fears, but everyone struggles with some underlying fundamental fear. It's almost to the extent that it feels like a requirement to be an entrepreneur. Right. Like there's that there's a driving force, but we don't want to get stuck with it. And and I love that you you address that and, and go straight after it, because I think that's so important. Uh, you mentioned having strategies to deal with that. And, and I know that, you know, that's an area that, that we could spend a lot of time, but maybe just one or two things that someone could try today. If they're, they're reckoning they're like, yes, I do feel that way, but they feel stuck in it. What can they do? Yeah, well, it's, um, I, I will share this exercise and I will say, um, it's not a cure all the first time you have to keep doing it over and mm-hmm. over again. But the first thing is to just really become aware of what you're feeling in the moment. And so an example, and it might not show up as a fear of failure. So an example might be you're procrastinating on um, posting some content or sending an email newsletter or something that's making you feel vulnerable. And you think, you know, you say, well, I'm, you know, I'm not really procrastinating. I'm just super busy. Well, if it's important to grow your business and you're not doing it, you're procrastinating and procrastinating usually has an underlying fear attached to it. If we, you know, pull back the layers of the onion and, but what I've, what I've learned through um, a coaching certification program that I've recently taken to, to dig a little deeper into this inner work is that these fears generally come from um, our earlier self, our younger self, they're from our childhood. They're programmed at an early age and we don't even realize it. And so they live in our unconscious. And sometimes, mm. you know, sometimes they come out with, you know, a roar and other times, you know, they just sit there and hinder us from reaching our true potential. And so if we, if we become aware of them and then we realize maybe where that came from in our childhood, we don't have to know the exact moment of when that fear came up, but What we need to realize about it is what it's trying to do for us. And it's innocent. So a fear of failure or um, self, a lack of self-confidence is generally your younger self um, unconsciously trying to keep you safe, trying to Mm. keep you secure. And how does it do that? By keeping you in your comfort zone, by giving you excuses like procrastination. And so if you can, one, become aware to say, yes, I know this is a, you know, I know why I'm feeling this. It's trying to keep me safe. Mm-hmm. And then three, you, I, I know it might sound hokey, but bear with me. You thank it. You thank the fear. Thank you for keeping me safe and I'm safe. And I'm going to take that action that I, I was procrastinating on. And as you do this more and more, and particularly when you take that action, that fear starts to dissipate over time. So yeah. That's a that's an action that somebody can take today and every day. Yeah, that's excellent. There there was an article I wrote and, and said fear is fundamentally flawed but incredibly useful. Right? It, it's it's one of those things that if we don't address it, it's running rampant under the surface. Uh, if we address it and just stop with it, it still has its way. Right? It'll keep us from stepping out of our comfort zone. But if we use it to say, "Hey, what is the important work that I need to do?" Right? And like you're saying, we're kind of reconciling with that and then stepping into the danger zone, if you will, it becomes just a mass 
massively useful tool. So I, I love that you've given us kind of steps to approach that and address that. Uh, that's uh, it's excellent. All right, so this is the moment I'm always excited about. It's the, the one that I've been waiting for our whole conversation. And that is where uh, I asked this, this question and, and it's, what is the biggest secret that you wish wasn't a secret, right? What is that one thing that you wish everyone out there listening today knew? <laughs> we kind of just covered it, <laughs> but I'll try to dig into it a little bit more. And that is um, that everybody, um, well, so let me preface this by telling another part of my story. When I came out of corporate 15 months ago and went to launch my business, I found, and again, I've been doing this work for 30 years. I had fear of failure. I had mm. fear of being seen on social media. I had lack of self-confidence. I had self-doubt. It crept in every single day. And so what I think the biggest secret is, is that um, we have to do the inner work as well as the outer work. And sometimes, you know, it's inconvenient. And when you're in the middle of launching a business and trying to serve your clients to feel these things, just take the time to lean in and understand them and maybe take some of those steps we just talked about because it will help you uh, really live to your full potential. The only thing that holds us back is what's in our head, what the stories we're telling ourselves. And like I said, most of it is unconscious. 95% of your thought of the things that hold you back are unconscious. And, um, and most of them were ingrained in us from our childhood. So they're mm. innocent. There's nothing wrong with us. We just need to learn how to deal with it. Yeah. Fantastic. So I've worked with enough coaches, consultants, advisors to know that we've got a knack for giving our very best time and energy to our clients and can forget to spend time working on our own business. So I'd love to hear from you. I'd love to uh, have you take off your coach hat for a moment, put on your CEO hat uh, with the rest of us, step into the ring and tell us a little bit about what the next phase of growth looks like for you and your business and the challenges that you're working to overcome. You bet. So I, you know, I'm pretty new as you um, know. So right now, um, one of the things that I'm really trying to do is to grow my, um, my uh, authority, I will call it and my credibility online. Um, I'm, I've really not, I'm, I'm 54. So I'm not your typical social media user. So I've really had to learn how to uh, incorporate social media uh, for my business and um, and how to build my authority, but I'm doing that through a variety of ways. So one of my goals is um, to have thought leadership articles published in you know uh, reputable publications, but also online through LinkedIn and things like that. Um, to grow my speaking appearances, to grow my podcast appearances, because you know that that's the way I'm going to be known and get more comfortable you know, sharing my message. So that's yeah. one of the things that I'm working on growing. And then um, I actually, you can see my post-it notes up here and I, I probably need to take these down, but I've actually um, sketched out a digital course that I want to teach. So, you know, some people, um, you know, one-on-one -on -one coaching isn't their thing. They don't have the time, perhaps the resources, but I think I can teach a lot of what I like to do from a strategy perspective in a digital course. Mm -hmm. And um, the brainstorm I had when I was putting all those post-it notes together is that's really the basis for a book too. So I think a, oh. a book is in my 2023 uh, future. <laughs> that's fantastic. Well, uh, if uh, if and when that book is written, we'll have to have you back on to talk about it and and share it. Uh, that'll be that'll be a lot of fun. Now, uh, I know for some folks that have just been sitting here listening, and it's just like every word is like, yes, absolutely. Like she's on to something. I, I need what Jen has. So how can folks uh, get connected with you uh, and learn more? 
Well, thank you for asking. So um, the best place is probably my website, which is peak2profit.com. And you can see my business name right there in my Zoom uh, caption at peaktoprofit.com. So that's where you can connect with me for a free strategy call. You can get my eyes on your business or your business challenge uh, for 30 minutes with no obligation. Um, I love to help people kind of think through problems, uh, especially from a strategy perspective. And um, one of the things that I I do offer to um, entrepreneurs and small business owners after that strategy call, if they're interested, is um, a one a one day intensive where we can get really clear on uh, your vision for your business, your strategy to get there, your roadmap, your action plan, timelines, metrics, all of that. Um, And then as a business owner, you get to just put the blinders on and work the plan because the plan's right there in front of you. So those are things that I love to do. Um, I have a freebie on my website that I would love to tell um, your listeners about because as a business owner, um, I mentioned that one of the best things to do uh, to start thinking about growing your business. And it's actually the most, I forgot to say this earlier when you asked me about CEO stuff, is the most important thing for a CEO to do in their business is have that vision for where you're taking your business. And so I use a process called creating a vision narrative. Mm -hmm. And I have a step-by-step workbook on how you can do that. And it's available as a free download on my website. So that URL is peaktoprofit.com forward slash F for freebie, forward slash vision. And um, so people can download that and work on that. And um, honestly, that could be a first great step before they call and book the strategy call, because then we can talk about that vision. So Excellent. So just to make sure everyone got that, that's peaktoprofit.com forward slash F forward slash vision. Is that right? Correct. Perfect. Yep. And we'll get that link in the show notes for anyone uh, who's interested. Absolutely go check it out. Uh, I know that you'll love it. Uh, Jen, again, thank you so much for being here. Appreciate having you on the show. And for everyone listening, we're so glad you're here. Uh, your time and attention, the greatest honor that you can give. Uh, I hope that this time was as impactful for you as it was for me. I know it was amazing. And I can't wait to see you next time. Take care. Scott Ritzheimer here. Thank you so much for listening to the Secrets of High Demand Coaches podcast. If you are a successful coach, consultant, or advisor who's built a strong book of business and would like to be on the program, please visit go.scalearchitects.com. And if you got something out of this interview, would you share this episode on social media and just do a quick screenshot with your phone and text it to a friend or post it on the socials? If you know someone who'd be a great guest, you can tag them on social media to let them know about the show. And make sure you include the hashtag high demand coaching. I love seeing your posts. I love seeing your guest suggestions. Thank you so much. We are regularly putting out new episodes and content to make sure you don't miss any of those episodes. Go ahead and subscribe now. Your thumbs up, your ratings, your reviews, they go a long way to help us promote the show and they mean a lot to me and my team. If you want to know more, you can go to our website, www.scalearchitects.com, or you can follow me or the company on LinkedIn, Facebook, or Instagram. Thank you so much for listening. We'll see you next time.